Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast brought to you by DraftBeast.com. July 18th edition. I am joined by Shake Them Ropes' own Rob McCarron, who you can follow on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes as well. Rob, how are you? I am doing great, yes. On the uh, Twitter sphere, at Shake Them Ropes. The podcast is Shake Them Ropes. Three episodes this week, plus we got your show, and my co-host Jeff Hawkins is going to be on the Fightful podcast tomorrow after SmackDown. So we are overextended all over the place. But I am happy to be here with you because that was some newsworthy Raw we just saw. And I'm not going to lie. It got me really hyped for tomorrow night's SmackDown. Like, this is the most I've looked forward to a SmackDown in possibly, uh, what, 15 years? Since at, at least since at least a week or two ago when we had Becky yeah. Lynch versus Dana Brooke. No, I, I mean, I, I've gotten my fill of Dana Brooke. I don't have to worry about it. Uh, I, I love me some Dana Brooke. But this is a uh, this is a pretty hyped level for SmackDown that I haven't seen since uh, the Attitude Era, if you will. It's been a long time, but I'm excited. I hope uh, other people out there are looking forward to it. I mean, I I wrote something that'll be on Fightful tomorrow about the WWE draft because you know they released the rules and the talent list, and it it led to more questions than answers. And it it's just an interesting time. It's a fun time, and you know, for two hours. A thankful SmackDown's only two hours because it's going to be a packed two hours. They got all this draft stuff to worry about. Uh, you're going to have some matches too. Like tomorrow night's two hours seems like it's going to fly by, but it's going to be really hyped. We've got a lot to talk about, Rob. Yes, we Man, do. From, from the get-go, the opening segment, lots of stuff announced. I want to put over the website really quickly, though, Fightful.com. You mentioned your co-host, your Shake Them Ropes co-host, Jeff Hawkins, will be joining me tomorrow night. This is what Fightful allowed me to do. They were like, hey, go out and get the best podcasters you can. So I went and assembled the 1992 dream team of podcasters in Rob McCarron, Jeff Hawkins, Showdown Joe, Vince Russo. Very excited about that. So make sure you check those out and at Fightful.com as well. Rob, like I said, right out of the gate, before, like, you know, this show was touted as being kicked off with the announcement of Raw and SmackDown general managers. What we got was something else, really, that kicked off the show. The Stephanie McMahon announcement that the Cruiserweight division is returning, and it's returning to Raw. Now, with the sudden rush of uh, emotions that I felt during this, you know, I was like, oh, Raw, how will this work out? And then I kind of calm down a little bit. I was like, you know, Raw's got three hours to fill. Yeah. We can fill that time. Cruiserweights yep. can. How did you feel about the announcement? How do you feel about the decision to bring Cruiserweights back as well as uh, the decision to put them on Raw as opposed to SmackDown? Well, that's the big one. I was surprised uh, as far as going on Raw. It makes the most sense, I think, actually, uh, with the time that they have to fill. Uh, and it, it gives them not only star power with whoever's going to be the top stars on Raw, but it also allows them to build the cruiserweight division as its own star. 
So I, I like the placement of it. Um, certainly great because Raw still, to me and many fans out there, is the flagship show and they make no bones about it. It's the flagship show of WWE. Uh, and I, I'm excited for it. It's just surreal uh, because whether it's going to be filled with old-style cruiserweights like the Jimmy Yangs, the Brian Kendricks, the Yoshihira Tajiris, that's very possible. But at some point, very good chance you're going to see the Johnny Garganos, the Tommaso Ciampas, maybe even Kota Ibushi on Raw in 2016 like this is a this is a surreal moment really about looking at the names that are going to be on raw regularly over the next six months to a year and hopefully beyond it's it's cool it's cool news uh i don't think you want to get your you don't want to get your hype and your hope up too much because we had the divas revolution a year ago this month and it didn't exactly go well right away then it 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 peaked at WrestleMania, which I guess is what you want. Uh, But now here we are again, where we're just trying to get it restarted. So the cruiserweight division could suffer a similar fate. You never know that maybe the focus goes away on it. We don't know. But I I was excited for the news. I was surprised that it's going to be on Raw. And I'm really looking forward to see what names build up that division. Now, what uh, what I would like to ask you, Rob, and and you have a a great draft preview coming tomorrow on uh, fightful.com that originally ran on voices of wrestling. How do you think that the announcement of this cruiserweight division on raw impacts the draft? What, like what happens if Shane McMahon takes a Finn Balor, who, you know, isn't really relegated to cruiserweight wrestling or Neville. Do you think he stays away from them? Uh, Not necessarily he, but WWE booking. Do you think they'll stay away from cruiserweights on SmackDown? Oh, yes, I do. I mean, you don't announce a cruiserweight division and then, you know, book a draft where all your cruiserweights go to SmackDown. It just doesn't, it, it shouldn't work that way. I hope it doesn't. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be, and I don't think there's going to be a storyline reason like, oh, we have the cruiserweight division, so only we can draft cruiserweights. That's not going to be it. They're just, it's not going to be a thing where Shane is picking cruiserweights. Uh, I'm, I'm going to assume that maybe the tag team division possibly goes to SmackDown if they don't end up having tag teams on both shows. Uh, that could be likely. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting. It's just another level to look at this draft with. I, you got cruiserweights going to one show. Where are the tag teams going to show up? What's going to happen with the U.S. title? What's going to happen with the Intercontinental Championship? We got a little taste of uh, of chaos in the World Heavyweight Championship division tonight on Raw. We still don't know exactly what's going to happen with that between the brands. So it's just another uh, level of anticipation for this WWE draft. But I I don't think they're going to address it by Shane McMahon drafting all the cruiserweights. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, this kind of makes me wonder. You know, there are many that that suggested, well, one show will be the entertainment show. One show will be the wrestling show. I don't know that a lot of people suspected that Raw would be the wrestling show. I hope both of them are the entertainment shows, honestly. I mean, they better be entertaining. Uh, I'm I'm hoping for that. But yeah, I, I... Raw, when you start looking back at it, yes, you you assume SmackDown because the last time we had this brand split, SmackDown was the wrestling show. But you have three hours versus two. That's a really big factor in this. If you have a John Cena and an AJ Styles, for example, on Raw, and then a Dean Ambrose and a Roman Reigns on SmackDown, obviously Raw has the bigger star power there with John Cena, but you split your stars up. Well, Raw has an extra hour to fill, and you're still two guys and two guys. So maybe make one of your hours over the course of the three hours the cruiserweight part of the show. And now that's a separate draw and maybe SmackDown has a women's division and raw doesn't, Uh, you could split up these divisions to where they have their own niche. They have their own uh, key factor for the show. And the cruiserweight certainly something interesting with that. It's a big time for the cruiserweight division and put that together with all the news about different contracts that are being offered to guys in this cruiserweight classic. And you put it together that they're going to have plenty of talent. If these guys come on board, to fill out not only NXT, but also Raw and a Cruiserweight division. Uh, it looks like something they're seriously going after, and that's a cool thing. There, It's just, you know, this is when they do something right. They build a draft. They build something right, and everybody is excited about this draft. I can't wait for tomorrow's SmackDown. I'm really excited about it. Absolutely. Uh, the when, when they released the rules yesterday – glued to my screen it was i was you know excited i was finding out who was eligible who wasn't eligible uh the rules why why they would use those rules uh why wouldn't they use those rules they did the hype for the draft right and hopefully this can be a catalyst to kick off something that that means something 
I'll tell you a couple of people that really are going to benefit from this draft, and we'll talk about them later, Enzo and Cass. Because I questioned on some of our old shows, I think that it's going to help them out. You don't have to have Enzo go out there and cut a promo two times a week now. He's out there one time a week now. Yeah. He's not going to run through that material nearly as quickly. I think that'll... Unless he's cutting the promos for him and him alone, and he's by himself. Yeah, that's true. Cass was drafted somewhere else. That's the one part of this rule that is really getting to me, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out what is going to happen with it because they don't include this unless they plan on doing something. It just makes zero sense why there's a rule included that tag teams can be drafted as one unit unless a general manager specifically wants to only draft one member of the team. It makes no sense. If you're a GM, you would draft both members no matter what, even if you only like one member. Use the other members' trade bait. Use them to fill out your roster. Use them to fill out the show. Maybe they can do something. I don't know. Why would you only draft one person on a team? It just absolutely makes no sense unless there's some kind of personal vendetta. Uh, and I don't know how they're going to make that happen, but it certainly seems like we're getting a tag team split up tomorrow night on uh, on uh, SmackDown. And I hope it's not Enzo and Cass, because look at what they did tonight. Enzo and Cass need to be together. And they have their charisma together as a unit. And I hope they stay together. But that rule is really getting to me. I'm really curious to see what happens and how they justify splitting up a tag team when it makes no sense to do so for anybody. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Soon thereafter, Stephanie McMahon announced Mick Foley as the general manager of Raw. This was a little surprising to me, actually, especially considering... You know, every uh, well, most everyone assumed it would be a heel authority figure, perhaps Triple H. Um, I actually saw Mick Foley a couple nights ago. He was at the NXT live event in Highland Heights. There, speaking with Bailey, just hanging out. He didn't even appear in front of the live crowd. He was scouting. Uh, yeah, he, he potential talent to pick up. This is a smart GM. He knew he was getting named. I mean, the people you know, that's, he's scouting talent. He should. They should turn that into something. That's the brilliance of Rob McCarron right there. You're not always crazy, Bob McCarron. I'm not always Bob Crazy Mac. Uh, yeah, no, Mick Foley was a little bit of a surprise. I know the rumors were swirling out there today, uh, you know, before the show. Originally, last week, I thought it was probably going to be Triple H because I thought the, the dynamic of Stephanie and Triple H in charge again would be something they would do. But then the more I started thinking about it, even before today, the more I started thinking about it was Triple H is the COO. It's a step down for him to be named the general manager of the show, especially when he's the CEO married to the commissioner. Like, he has the power anyway. He doesn't have to be named the GM. Stephanie can name someone else as the GM. And I didn't know who it would be. I, the idea was pretty good that Daniel Bryan would be on SmackDown. And it's an interesting dynamic because while we have a heel and a babyface commissioner now, we have two relatively baby-faced GMs. I mean, Mick Foley was, uh, he was acting somewhat heelish in ways tonight, but that was just because he was teamed up with Stephanie. Over the course of time, I think we're going to have two baby-faced GMs, and that's a new dynamic that we haven't had recently. So I'm excited to see where it goes. I would like to see, usually when you have baby-faced GMs, they're not going to be all over the show. They make their match, they go away. You know, Teddy Long makes one match at the start of the show, and then he goes away. So I, I like the idea for both shows having a little bit less in the way of authority figures running up and down throughout the card. And this is an ideal spot for Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan, who was announced as the SmackDown GM, a huge pop, by the way, great pop. You could tell he was thrilled to be there. You know, he and Shane maybe work a couple days a month now. Um, if they alternate or, you know, a month on month, off, whatever they want to do, I mean, there's, you know, that, that's completely plausible that these right. guys will be around for quite a while in this spot. Daniel Bryan only has to work Tuesdays. He's probably not going on the house shows or anything like that. He's not going to be on Raw. So we can fly in Tuesday, fly out Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. And if there's a week where he can't be there, he's a babyface GM. You could actually go weeks where you don't have any authority figure on the show. You can go through a two-hour SmackDown and have an opening segment where two guys are promo battling and that creates a main event for the show. You can actually go weeks without having a GM figure on the show and still make matches. You can do the gimmick where Daniel Bryan is making matches via telephone. Who knows? You can do a number of different things. But you're right. Shane won't be on every week. Daniel Bryan probably won't be on every week. You can, you can run them alternately. You can have weeks without them. 
Uh, and same thing on Raw too. Stephanie's always going to be there, of course, but you don't have to have Mick Foley on every episode every week. Uh, and you, you have room to do that now. What I'll, what I'll find interesting on Raw is if Mick Foley takes that babyface mode, will they, will they do the infighting between Stephanie and Mick Foley? Will it be a situation where we have different GMs throughout the year of Raw and SmackDown is more stable because Shane and Daniel Bryan are on the same page? Like, are we going to have that infighting on Raw? Uh, I, you got to think that there's going to be some type of infighting with the authority figures. There always is. Um, I thought Vince McMahon was supposed to be on the show tonight. I, I, I thought they were hyping up Vince to be on the show tonight. and We didn't get Vince at all. Maybe I, maybe I was mishearing or misreading something somewhere along the lines. I know we had him last week, but that, that was a surprise to me. I was expecting Vince at some point. Yeah, I was expecting him at the end of the show, which we will uh, get to uh, here, here in a moment. Um, first match of the night. Oh, also... Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon with little little jabs at Stephanie. Daniel Bryan, uh, after being accused of pandering by Stephanie McMahon, said that Stephanie wouldn't understand pandering because she's never been cheered. And Shane saying that uh, Stephanie had to marry Triple H to stay relevant. Both got good reactions from the crowd. The crowd was really hot to start off. And let's and let's uh, be honest with that too. By the way, Triple H had to marry Stephanie to stay relevant. Yes. Not that. Not the other way around. Yes. Uh, Sami Zayn and Cesaro versus Kevin Owens and Jericho. Uh, fine match. I just feel like we've seen it 10 times because I think we have. We've seen variations. Uh, we've definitely seen variations, especially going into Money in the Bank when every week was some combination of those four guys in different matches with each other. Um, that's that's one pro of the brand split is we're going to see some of these guys split up and we're not going to see them in the ring so many times with each other. Uh, Battlegrounds new for that. We got Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in a match probably the last time they're going to wrestle in a ring for a while. And Chris Jericho was being uh, put up with Randy Orton. Chris Jericho not wrestling on the show, going to be on a, uh, a promo segment with Randy Orton, which is new for Chris Jericho. It'll feel a little fresh. So, yeah, I'm excited to see some of the changes that we're going to get with the uh, WWE draft for a lot of the talents, especially these guys on the mid-card. And, uh, and, and, well, we're going to get to a name later on that I hope definitely sees some refreshing with the draft. But go ahead. WWE also, uh, well, by the way, um, Sami Zayn and Cesaro won this match. Uh, Sami rolled up Jericho for the win after kicking out of his own. Yeah, and how did uh, Chris, look at Chris Jericho. Sometimes he gets this. And this was a weird night for it because it's just a throwaway tag match as he's heading into Battleground. But, like, it makes so much sense because Chris Jericho doesn't have a match at Battleground. Like, yeah. this was his pay-per-view match, really, because he doesn't have anything on Sunday. And Chris Jericho crying, begging the referee to raise his hand after he loses. Uh, Chris Jericho's reaction after losing was absolutely phenomenal on this show. Yeah, he, he did it right. And, I mean, he's been the guy. He's been the Sami Zayn before. So, I mean, he understands what that's like to be, you know, kind of the underdog who comes through and gets the big victory. Uh, my Darren Young idea might be in play, that he wins by fluke and by nefarious means – Every single week, he won after Del Rio was a little bit distracted, a, a distraction backfiring. Uh, also worth noting, Bob Backlund will be drafted with Darren Young, wherever it is that he may go. Um, Darren Young might get drafted just based on the fact that he is contending for a championship this Sunday. And that, that could be something that one of the, one of the GMs or commissioners says, oh, you know what? I'm going to roll the dice and you know they can make a point of that. If he wins that intercontinental to. title, they say, you know what, what about this for a first move as a GM or a commissioner? We made a gamble that or we took a gamble that paid off. You have to. And this guy on Sunday could be the intercontinental champion. We have to draft him just in case. You're not going to let the guy go on draft. Of course he's getting drafted. I don't even know if that was a, a question, but uh, yeah, you have Bob Backlund who's drafted with him, of course, as the manager. What's interesting too is with the talent eligibility, Lana is being drafted with Rusev. Lana is not considered a female superstar. She's being drafted wherever Rusev goes, Lana goes. So that's good that they're keeping that act together because that was one of the worries. One of the worries was that they could actually split up Maurice and Miz. They could sp uh, split up Rusev and Lana. That's not going to happen now. So that's a, that's a good call. Um, but as far as, uh, as far as these matches go, this, this Raw really wasn't about the matches until you got to the main event. 
This Raw was about the super long John Cena segment we're about to get to, the super long intro segment that really set up the GMs for tomorrow night. Uh, this Raw was more so a go-home for tomorrow's draft than it was the pay-per-view, although they did at points do really good job of, uh, of hyping up the pay-per-view. Like this entire week of WWE TV, they've gotten me excited again. They've done it a lot this year, getting me excited on pay-per-view week, and that's the time you want to be excited. So uh, this show continued to do that. Also worth noting, WWE is still promoting the Brock Lesnar-Randy Orton match. Uh, we did, Yeah, did a breaking news uh, podcast on it Friday night after I got back from the NXT event. Brock Lesnar flagged for potential USADA violation. Uh, the New York State Athletic Commission, while it does regulate pro wrestling, does not individually license wrestlers like, like they do here in Kentucky, just promoters. So they, they, they released a statement to Brandon Howard where they said uh, that they – you know, may not necessarily police that, and it's up to individual physicals. Um, yeah, it's up, it's up to the company he's wrestling for. If WWE sees he's fit, because they license the companies, and the companies have to make sure their wrestlers are fit and able to compete. So it's up to WWE whether they feel he's fit, and of course they will feel that way. Uh, if Brock Lesnar's going to get any type of suspension based on his out-of-competition testing in UFC, it, it seems like it's going to come after the Randy Orton match because their time window for doing it before the match closes in about two days. So unless we see something tomorrow or Wednesday, we're not getting any type of Brock Lesnar suspension. They're not going to risk throwing out the SummerSlam, uh, the SummerSlam match. And it's super interesting. There's a lot of eyes on WWE to see what they're going to do with this Brock Lesnar testing because he's getting mainstream pub for failing this test. But it is. It's, it's not athletic competition. It is an entertainment genre. And they certainly can because they weren't the ones who failed Brock Lesnar. They Absolutely. The yeah, they, they can people play this a little differently. People really kind of misconstrue the point of a wellness test as opposed to a UFC drug test. Right. Uh, the UFC is trying to prevent cheaters. Right. The WWE is trying to prevent their guys' friggin' hearts from exploding at 40 years old or 35 years old, God forbid. Right. Um, which brings me to my next point. You know what nobody has tested positive for? Boom! On it. Yeah. Hot damn, and I am I happy to say this. The return of Segway Ross app. That's me. Visit our good friends at On It. That's right. Our good friends at On It on our Fightful.com podcast page. You will see the link in which you can go check out all the awesome stuff from On It. Triple H, Cesaro, Seth Rollins, DDP. They all take it. Adam Cole, he takes it. You know what? I'm pretty sure that if any of the people that are watching this right now go to our Fightful.com podcast page, click that on it link, clickety-clack, you go, you order one of their beautiful kettlebells. They, do, they just don't make kettlebells, you guys. They make the most badass kettlebells you'll ever see in your life. They use alpha, or they got alpha brain. This stuff keeps me going. I'm not kidding. I work nonstop at fightful.com, and alpha brain helps me do it. Uh, it's fantastic stuff. Go to the podcast page, click that link, order you some on it, and I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure you'll get signed to a developmental deal within like six months. I think that's how it works. They're tossing out contracts. I mean, Uncle Paul is tossing out contracts to everyone but Dustin. So you are very likely to get a shot. I mean, here's the deal. If you're a little overweight, that's fine. You'll get signed to a developmental deal and get put on SmackDown. If you're a little underweight, Raw's got some cruiserweights to fill out. And they got to fill out a roster. On it can help you do it. Like I said, go to our podcast page, Fightful.com. You'll see the podcast tab at the top. The link is on that page on it check it out also you won't fail a drug test there's that too kind of important somebody says sean works eight days a week without sleep by using on it alpha brain hot damn right i do enzo and Cass, john cena new day took on the club and the wyatt family but that really wasn't the story here, Rob. Can I tell you what the story was? Yeah, hell yeah, go ahead. My roommate 
who does not watch wrestling. The last time you watched five minutes consecutively of pro wrestling was in November of 2014 when he went to SmackDown here in Northeast Indiana. He went to a SmackDown show, and that's the last time he's watched more than five minutes. He just so happened to come into the room, sit down with WWE Raw on the TV, and watch as this segment had just begun and proceeded to witness John Cena cutting a promo, the New Day coming out gyrating with their pink rainbow tights, AJ Styles making 40-year-old dad jokes at the expense of the New Day, the Wyatt family, all this craziness, all this epicness. And I turn to him and say, you came in at the right time. You're getting all the weird shit now. And he's like, this is kind of awesome. I didn't know wrestling was like this right now. So I'm, I'm sure not everyone reacts that way. But this was what seemed like 20 minutes of just everyone getting their verbal shit in. And I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed all of it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It was, it was very fun. Then the match had to start, and you had a lot of Rowan, and you had a lot of Strowman. That wasn't that so great. But the story of this show was John Cena's back. He controlled this segment. He didn't even, actually, he didn't even control it. He did his part. Enzo Amore controlled the segment. And at the end of this promo segment, my roommate who doesn't watch wrestling, his favorite wrestler ever was Enzo Amore. And I'm sure he's having an effect on a lot of fans out there. Enzo's winning people over. So they got to keep this Enzo cast team together because Enzo's going to be the one that gets Cass over. If they split him up, Enzo will stay over. Cass, I, I see struggling a little bit. So hopefully they keep the team up because that's the actual true way to get Cass over as a big single star. Keep him with Enzo now. Don't break him up yet. But this segment was just all kinds of everything you have come to expect from modern WWE. I thought each of these guys did the right thing. Enzo and Cass did what they needed to do. John Cena was playing off the fact that he's considered kind of corny and maybe a little behind the times. Yeah. Um, he did great at it. He was fine. The Carl club Anderson, did. Carl Anderson was the big surprise, right? Am I, am I wrong in saying that Carl Anderson came out and he, he showed that he can control segment. He can talk really well. He's not going to get flustered. But I was worried because Carl Anderson was, was literally called boring in these promos. And that's never a good thing. You usually don't want to call someone boring because yeah. the crowd will hit that and be like, oh, you know what? He actually is kind of boring. And Carl Anderson came out and was getting a little bit of that, oh, you're boring reaction right off the bat. And then he won him over because he doesn't, he doesn't stutter. He doesn't stop talking. He keeps a thought rolling on. He doesn't give the crowd the chance to think that, oh, I wish this guy would just stop talking and shut up because he's boring me. Uh, Carl Anderson actually really did a really good job in this segment because I was worried for him as soon as he was called boring. Yeah, peak bad jokes from these guys. And they know. Oh, yeah. That's their gimmick right now. The club's gimmick is telling it. bad jokes about everyone else. And only they laugh, which is that's what heels should do. And sometimes and sometimes only AJ laughs, which is even more <laughs> hilarious. Oh, man. Great stuff. Uh, New Day came out. Pokemon Go got a huge pop. A big pop. And the right man was uh, talking about it. Like, it, it's good that it wasn't John Cena. Because you know if Xavier Woods wasn't in this company, if it were six years ago and this game came out, John Cena would have been the one cutting the promo on Pokemon Go. So thank God Xavier Woods was there. Thank God the New Day was there. And uh, let's hope the New Day aren't split up with this WWE draft because, yeah, I, again, I hate that rule. I hate the rule why you would split up a tag team. I don't know. I hope it's not the New Day. But, yes, uh, the Pokemon Go stuff really did get over. They went on with, uh, with it for a long time, too. You know, you know, going through all the character names, going through level... Uh, again, my roommate was watching this and he and his son play Pokemon go. They do this game. I've never played it for a second. Thankfully they play this Pokemon go game. When he's talked about uh, team valor, I think team valor of Pokemon go level 21 or 20 Pokemon master and team valor, big pop from the roommate, big pop grew a huge Xavier Woods fan after that. Yes, yeah, 600,000 subscribers on his Up, Up, Down, Down channel. Um, 
We are about 599,100 away from that, I think. So, by the way, yeah, yeah, guys, subscribe to the uh, YouTube page there. Also, uh, a little bit of site news before we move on to the, ne- or the, the rest of this. Uh, the site is not done. We hear a lot of people saying, will the comment boards be this way? No, we're, we're changing all that. We're adding forums in which you all can use as well. Uh, the site isn't functioning at full capability yet. We're targeting Friday, hopefully. You know, there, there are a lot of hiccups, but to the credit of the company that hired me, if something doesn't work and I tell them it doesn't work, they're like, all right, we're going to make sure this is, this is done. We're getting it done. MMA, pro wrestling, boxing, we're covering it all. Live coverage of everything as well. Lots of cool stuff, exclusive interviews, podcasts. You get the dream team. I'm calling it the dream team. I was able to go out and get Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins and Vince Russo and Showdown Joe. It's like everybody I've ever wanted podcasting with me. I get it, which makes me very happy. Um, Yeah, and anything that you all want on the site, send me a message. Send me a tweet. Let me know. Uh, Somebody asks if I own Fightful. No, I don't. I'm working for a company that hired me to be the managing editor of Fightful. We have a benefactor. It may or may not be Kimberly Page, but it probably isn't. It's not. It's not. It it isn't. I wish it was. No offense to to James, the site owner, but wish it was. I can confirm it is neither of the famous Nitro Girls nor is it the uh, any of the non-famous. Neither right. there were Who two are the most famous uh, Nitro girl because Kimberly Page is the most famous. I'd no? say Kimberly and just Whisper because she got married to Shawn Michaels, right? Whisper, right? And, and those were the two I was kind of going with. Although you have to kind of add Paisley in there, you know, Mrs. Booker T. And people forget Stacy Keebler was a Nitro girl for a short time too. She was, wasn't she? Yes. Wow, so I, I forgot so about that. My question to you is, who is the most famous Nitro girl in the wrestling circle? Not mainstream, because that would be Stacey Keebler. In the wrestling circles, who is the more famous one between Shay? Kimberly Page oh. and Stacey? Ooh, probably Stacey, just because she had the WWE run and the WCW run. She might she might be more famous. Um, more well-known as a Nitro girl would be Kimberly, though, right? Definitely. Because you Absolutely. didn't even remember. I mean, Stacey Keebler was there for so short time, yes. and it was later on when the Nitro girls were being phased out. Uh, you know, more people remember her as Miss Hancock than one of the Nitro girls. Yes. Plus, I mean, she, you know, Stacey Keebler had an entire run aside of the Nitro girls. Kimberly yeah. you know, was here and there. She did the Playboy shoot and all that stuff, and that was yep. cool. Yep. But, uh... Yeah, I would go with, uh, yeah, I, I think those are good assessments. Mm-hmm. Um, the club and the Wyatt family won the match uh, when AJ hit a Styles Clash on Enzo. You know, people can say what they want about Enzo being experienced in the ring. He has yet to tuck his head taking the Styles Clash, which some veterans of over a decade are not able to do, apparently. Well, luckily, Enzo was so tiny that yeah. even if he did tuck his head, for the yeah. stock flash, AJ's able to kind of withstand that. Yeah. can be hurt. Yeah. He can just jump. You, it's harder on a big guy. And this is why, you know, Yoshitatsu, who is the same size, if not bigger than AJ, that's a different story. Roderick Strong, who's the same size as AJ, a different story. But when you're so small like Enzo Amore, AJ is going to be able to overcompensate for any type of failure uh, to not tuck your head. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. Um, Enzo's safe from himself, basically, is what I what I mean to say. He's safe from himself. He's not going to knock himself out yet again, because that would be the worst thing for him, knocking yourself out twice in three months when you first start up with the main roster. Stay safe, Enzo. Every time he gets in there, I'm worried that he's going to knock his little head off. That's not an, uh, Yeah, that's not a reputation you want to get as injury-prone, because that's something that's tough to shake. <laughs> then um, you really want to know if they're going to split big casts off. The answer is yes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah. Uh, we saw a lot of uh, backstage vignettes of... Sorry about that. A lot of backstage vignettes of uh, the GMs talking to... Yes. Like different superstars. Yes. Are you distracted by something? What's going on over there? Yeah, I my microphone had a disconnection. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. You're doing you're doing great. Can we talk about the Jack Swagger Titus O'Neill segment backstage? Jack Swagger got a concussion just standing near Titus, I think. Jack Swagger there in his green shirt and his glasses, looking like the cutest guy ever who can just rip your head off. And then Titus O'Neill, I don't know if it was a rib. Daniel Bryan's walking by and Titus O'Neil grabs Daniel Bryan's arm. Like, <laughs> is he going to be ineligible for the draft because he's suspended again? What's happening here? Man. That was the biggest rib I thought. I, did, I did notice that uh, Jack Swagger kind of shot him a look like, what are you doing? What are you doing again, Titus? Don't get fired for this thing. And, and Titus O'Neil, a U.S. title contender, a guy who's dominating matches, fighting for the United States of America. The best he can do is a blow off from Daniel Bryan. Like Daniel Bryan looked like he was going to pass these guys after shaking their hand and be like, I'm done with you. I'm never going to draft you. Why would I draft Titus O'Neil and Jack Swagger? Uh, it, it was a very weird and interesting segment, but I did, I did love that Jack Swagger at least got on Raw in one form or another. Baron Corbin beat Sin Cara. Uh, Sin Cara and Kalisto split before the match on WWE's Facebook page. They announced they were entering the draft as singles competitors. A conscious, uh, bad, a bad news for Sin Cara? Bad news for, uh, bad news for Sin Cara, especially if they go on separate brands, because, I mean, one brand is going to have the cruiserweight division. Well, it appears that their cruiserweight division, if it, if it follows the same rules as the classic, is 205 pounds, and uh, I'm sure Sin Cara, uh, as is tradition, would show up at like 206.5 or something. He's more than that, yes, but I, you know, not everyone's going to be the exact weight, and Sin Cara is well, he, a cruiserweight character. He's listed at he's listed at two hundred five as Jorge Arias. The point uh, is, the point is, Sean. Quit getting yeah. off topic. The point is, one of these guys is going to the cruiserweight show, and one isn't. So whoever doesn't go to the cruiserweight show is in big trouble. And I think that's going to be Sin Cara. Sin Cara is going to be main eventing uh, superstars if he's lucky. Main event if he's lucky. Doing doing nothing, jobbing to Connor of the Ascension. As uh, Trevor, the Irish wrestling fan, pointed out, a little sad that we're not getting a final Ascension versus Lucha Dragons match on Superstars this week. Hey, you never know, they might. Just because they broke up doesn't mean that the. I mean, how many times have Wesley Blake and Blake uh, Wesley Murphy, Buddy Murphy, broken up and then tagged the next week? So you never know. They could tag on superstars as a one last hurrah. Yeah. Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch beat Dana Brooke and Charlotte when Natalia pulled Becky off the apron. Referee called for the bell. Um, Charlotte and Dana double team Sasha Banks. This was to build up, obviously, the uh, battleground match. Now, they have made no announcement about the women's title or what brand it could be on Mm -hmm. uh, or if it could be on both. How do you think they're going to go with this? Right now, I would tend to lean towards one women's division being on one of the shows. Uh, You know, have a cruiserweight division, have the U.S. title division, have an intercontinental title division, women's division, and split them up on the shows and have co- Branded champions, probably, maybe. Um, right? I, I, I see it on one show. I just don't see them having the talent to really put forward two strong women's divisions. There are 10 it, eligible drafted women on the main roster, at the very least. I know, but one of them is Eva Marie, and one of them yeah. is Tamina. And I actually don't think Tamina's on the list right no, now. Tamina's not on the list. So, I mean, I guess you could do it because... We've been through periods where the women's division consisted of three women at most. 
you would have a match between one and one, and then one other would come in, and then the different combination of the three would come in and be a match. So I, I suppose you could do it. But with the way everyone's teamed up together, I don't know. The, the question for me is we got Battleground here where Sasha Banks is going to have a mystery partner. And there's only two names I feel it could be. And I want to know, Sean, which name do you think it is actually going to be? For there's only two options for Sasha Banks's mystery partner against Charlotte and Dana Brooke at Battleground. To me, there's only two options, straight up two options. I think it's Bailey. I think so too, but Nia Jax is certainly someone that could come in because if you go into WWE's way of thinking, if Sasha Banks wants to get back at Charlotte and Dana Brooke, she wants to bring in this monster from NXT. So I could see Nia Jax coming in, uh, but if Sasha Banks is going to be the babyface, then Bailey absolutely makes sense. And then you can have a segment like my idea for SmackDown is to have Sasha Banks in there with Charlotte and Dana Brooke. She's getting beat up and Bailey runs in. Bailey makes the save. She's the mystery partner. And then immediately, Daniel Bryan comes out to make a SmackDown draft selection, and it's Bailey. So uh, she's drafted while also doing this tag match at the same time. Uh, I guess we'll find out tomorrow what, what's going to happen with the women's division. Because if we see women drafted to each brand, then we know there's going to be two divisions. So really, SmackDown should be the way that tells us. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's Bailey, but I can see a dark horse candidate being Nia Jax as far as the partner goes. Yeah, I definitely don't think you know they'll be without women on the show. You'll have Lana or something on Raw, but I could see Stephanie McMahon like getting so far behind on drafting women. Yeah, that she's like, I'm the only woman that needs to be on Raw anyway. You know, she lets the ego trip get in her own way, and it gives well, SmackDown an excuse to have that division while Raw has has uh, somebody says Stephanie will draft the dilapidated boat number three. Uh, that's way too late to draft that boat. It's going to be off the board by then. The other issue is you're both going to be drafting stars. You're both going to be drafting the AJ Styles, the John Cena's, the the Seth Rollins, the Dean Ambrose, so forth and so forth. At some point, Stephanie's going to have to draft cruiserweights for this cruiserweight division, while Shane is going to be drafting women or tag teams. So you're going to have situations where Stephanie won't be drafting a woman to compete with Shane's drafting of a woman. She's got to get cruiserweights on her show. She's got to get Neville. She's got to get Callisto. Uh, she's maybe one of the NXT draft picks will be a cruiserweight, whether that's going to be Johnny Gargano, who's uh, finishing up on the Indies in September, Tommaso Ciampa, who announced that he's finishing up on the Indies in September. Maybe she's going to use one of her NXT eligible picks to draft a cruiserweight onto that show. Uh, maybe they put Finn Balor in the cruiserweight division. Maybe he's going to be the headliner of this cruiserweight division. You don't know. So I, I see maybe just based on the draft, women go into one brand and cruisers on the other. I think it is very important that the WWE treats this cruiserweight division. It doesn't have to be on the same top level as the world title, but it needs to be within their own division important. It needs to be. Right. You know, the little guy thing, it's it's gone. Anderson Silva was considered one of the baddest dudes in the world, and he fought at 185 pounds. George St. Pierre, 170 pounds. Anybody who follows that perception anymore, way behind the times. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there are plenty of 205-pounders that I would – Anthony Johnson used to fight at 170 pounds, and he beat a former UFC uh, heavyweight champion. That's just the way it goes. It, it's – Got to gotta treat it right. Got to treat it right. Um, Rusev and Sheamus defeated Zack Ryder and Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I mentioned this on Twitter. 3.75 years after Ninja Turtles 2, Secret in the Ooze, featuring Kevin Nash as Super Shredder, he became WWF champion. Sheamus just needs to hold on for about 1,299 more days, and he is made. Redemption is coming. We have uh, we have Joey in the chat room on YouTube asking, if the Cruiserweight is exclusive to Raw, then why should she have to draft them? Well, if you're going to have a Cruiserweight division, you better draft some Cruiserweights for that division. As I, you did in our first mock draft. There's nothing in the rules saying that Cruiserweights are exclusive to one brand or tag teams are exclusive to one brand. Stephanie can go out there and say, I'm going to bring a Cruiserweight division to Raw. Well, guess what Shane could do? 
ruin that by drafting all the cruiserweights to SmackDown. And boom, now who has the cruiserweight division? Something we haven't even talked about. You're not missing the point. We haven't even talked about trades. We're going to talk about trades. But uh, I also wanted to get into uh, Julian asks, Finn Balor is a cruiserweight? Yes, he's listed at 190 pounds in WWE. He technically is a cruiserweight in WWE. Which means he's probably about 175. Um, no, he's a very lean guy. He's muscle bound, but he's a very lean guy. I would imagine 180 probably sounds about right for him. Yeah. Uh, as you'll see, I'm doing a segment that's going to air on uh, Fightful.com, uh, probably in our members section. By the way, guys, you can go to Fightful.com. The register feature, a little iffy right now, but we're getting it worked out. You can go there, register, and get our members-only content absolutely free. You don't need a credit card. You never need to pay money. You just sign up, and you get our exclusive content. But I'll be doing a segment called uh, Wikipedia True or False, and one of the questions I always like to ask wrestlers in particular about their Wikipedia, if it's true or false, is the weight. Thus far, every one of them has been off. Uh, They're all off, yes. EC3 is by about 25 pounds. So, um, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, fun match. Crowd got back into it. The crowd was kind of dead for a while. But the weirdness happened at the end of this match. We had a double pin and went off the air with Seth Rollins celebrating on the ramp. I didn't hear any mention, personally, of this being concluded on the WWE Network. I saw a poll out there that said that 99% of people didn't know. Uh, weird, but they, they did. Uh, they declared it a draw. Ambrose, I think, beat down Rollins. A little, a little weird to finish this on the network and not say anything or at least not make people aware of it. Or Did I miss something, Rob? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't hear them going or pitching to the network for a uh, for a result. I mean, the TV goes off the air with with uh, Seth Rollins declared the winner, at least in announcing, and we all knew that he didn't actually win. That wasn't going to stand. It was just a matter of when on SmackDown would they fix it. Well, they fixed it on WWE Network. The Chad Patton, the referee, ruled it a draw. They made it very clear that Dean Ambrose is still the WWE champion, and uh, we're gonna have to wait until Sunday to figure out who the new champion will be based on the triple threat. So it, they did a good job, I think, actually, of building towards Battleground without being able to use Roman Reigns on television. Like, I like what they've done. Uh, Roman Reigns has been out of sight, out of mind. And the only time you realize he's actually in the match is when they show that graphic. But the heated, the heated rivalry now is Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. And Roman Reigns is just going to be in there to ruin it, in my opinion. Like, really, that's the match I want to see in a... And we, and we saw it on Raw, so now we don't need to see it again. So Roman Reigns now is a welcome addition to the match. Uh, but yes, Dean Ambrose is going in as champion. When, when it all went down with this double pin, you thought, okay, this is how they get a champion on Raw. This is how they get a champion on SmackDown. But how do they do it with all the draft picks and whatnot? But no, Dean Ambrose is the champion. And my question for you, Sean, how do you not make Dean Ambrose the number one pick in the draft? Because he's currently the WWE champion. You have to pick the champion first, don't you? I would say so. That's the bet. That's the safest bet, in my opinion. Oh man, this draft! So many questions. Hot damn! There are a lot of questions. There are a lot of questions. Now I can understand. So and that's that's the beautiful thing. I love it. I don't I love it. I don't know. And that's what I love about wrestling. I'm not supposed to know. Yes. Now we have, okay. So if you're a a GM, I'm trying to think this through. If you don't want to draft Dean Ambrose, maybe you draft Roman Reigns. Maybe you draft Seth Rollins because you anticipate that person being the champion after Sunday. You're, you're gambling. Like if I'm Stephanie McMahon, I have the first pick. I'm going to draft Roman because I think he's going to be the champion or I'm going to draft Seth because I think he's going to be the champion. Uh, I could see that. But to me, you kind of draft who the champion is currently just as the safest bet. And then where does Brock Lesnar show up? Because Brock Lesnar's eligible for the draft. Where does Randy Orton show up? Uh, do they even go onto the same brand? Are Brock and Randy going to be on the same brand or does it even matter? Because we already have the match at SummerSlam. It's already signed and whatnot. So, uh, yes, there's a ton of questions. What's going to happen with all the tag teams? Which tag team is going to be broken up? The Wyatt family, we haven't even mentioned, I don't think. The Wyatt family, all listed individually. Bray Wyatt could be separated from Roman and Harper. 
that he could be separated. Harper's from not even family. eligible. Harper's that's right. Harper's not eligible because he's inactive. He's injured. Undertaker's not eligible. He's inactive, injured. So we also have free agents to play around with later in the year when these guys start coming. Which show are they going to show up back on? Uh, it, it, there's a lot of interesting questions, but I think with the brand split, the draft is the fun part. The early stages are the fun part. It's about how WWE is going to keep that momentum going. How are they going to consistently make each show very good? Because they they ran out of juice after a couple years the first time around and really oh, ran yeah. that well dry later in the stages. So You had, you had Rene Dupree, Kenzo Suzuki, Luther Reigns, the long-lost yeah. cousins of, cousin of Roman. Oh, oh. They, they, it worked for some guys. I mean, Batista's not getting over as he is with the brand split or without the brand split. So early, early, like when you're talking about the SmackDown six and that tag division, Ooh, that was good. Brock Lesnar really, you know, he, he had some fun with that. Um, but back then you got to remember back then was one of the most loaded rosters you think of ever, ever. Mm -hmm. Um, because at some point in 2003, The Rock's there, at least briefly. Goldberg, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Brock Lesnar, Kevin Nash, your Rob Van Dams, your Rey Mysterio, Edge, Christian. Yeah, that, I'm not even scratching the surface. Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit. You've got all the – it's crazy to look back. I remember the game uh, – uh, Here Comes the Pain, I think it was. And I remember that roster, and I was like, man, all these guys were with the company at some point in 2003, and it was a little little crazy to think about. Um, guys, another plug for the website, Fightful.com. Uh, go to our exclusive sections, uh, MMA and wrestling. I've got some information about Ring of Honor. They've enforced some stricter guidelines on granting interviews. Uh, they weren't too happy, Rob, that they gave somebody an interview with Moose, Moose earlier this year. And the line of questioning was, when you go into WWE, when you go into WWE, when you leave an ROH. So they raised some hell about that. Also, some exclusive details on uh, final deletion and the contract signing. Uh, Cody Rhodes having a gag order on him. Uh, Vince Russo's articles are in our exclusive section. Also, Rob, did you see Michael Venom Page and the Pokeball this weekend from Bellator? No. Michael Venom Page, very flashy Bellator fighter. We have an interview with him up on the site, too, under our exclusive section. Defeated uh, Evangelista Cyborg Santos, the ex-husband of Chris Cyborg. And after getting out-wrestled in the first round, he absolutely destroyed Cyborg, same nickname, Cyborg Skull with a knee. Unbelievable. Fractured his skull, caved his skull in. There's a very graphic photo of it on, on uh, Fightful.com. And MVP, not knowing the extent of the damage, put on a Pokemon hat and rolled a Pokeball at Cyborg. Videos went viral. It's up there too. But uh, Cyborg's got to undergo surgery. Uh, his wife, Cyborg Justino, started to go fund me, and I think they raised like $20,000 within the first day. So... That's good to hear. Bellator is going to take care of his medical bills, though. But uh, that was terrifying. Uh, it was amazing and terrifying at the same time. Worth mentioning, Michael Venom Page has one fight left on his Bellator contract. He's going to be a big free agent soon. But if he faces a wrestler, that's going to be trouble because he looked like crap on his back. Not up on his hips at all. Uh, a wrestler would do probably scary things to him. So there's that. Also, uh, just to get some MMA news in here, uh, we're mandated, you guys. John McCarthy announces the referee for Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz, too. Uh, Dustin Poirier versus Michael Johnson. And Uriah Hall versus Derek Brunson have been added to UFC Fight Night 94 in Hidalgo, Texas. Wilson Hayes, who was originally set to face Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, was going to face uh, Sean Zantella. He is not. They have found yet another replacement for him. Um, also, this weekend, Holly Holm versus uh, Valentina Shevchenko. We have full live coverage of the show on the site. Also, I'm doing a preview with Showdown Joe. Even if you don't like MMA, I encourage you to check out my shows with Showdown Joe. 
He is one of the best MMA analysts I've ever worked with in my life. Very excited for that. Um, and I'm hoping that this Saturday I can get Justin Golightly, a, uh, one of our writers on the site, uh, on the podcast, if we get our technical issues cleared up. So, Rob, we still have a few minutes left. We can take questions, of course. You guys send questions in. But we mentioned trades earlier. And also, wait, before, before we get into that, you've got a lot of stuff going on at Shake Them Ropes, too. Why don't you tell them about that? i got too much stuff going on at Shake Them Ropes. We're releasing a new episode tonight as a thank you uh, to the fans who donated to the, to the uh, show last week. It's a bonus episode. Uh, we got LaToya Ferguson from the AV Club coming up on Wednesday's show. Uh, she started the raw reviews for the AV Club. Uh, one of the first of the mainstream sites to get in on the wave that's really, I mean, it's going nuts. Every site has a raw review now uh, trying to get in on it. And then Sunday night, uh, WWE Battleground, uh, big pay-per-view. I'm excited for it. I'm even excited for the multi-six-man uh, tags. We got two six-man tags on that show, amazingly enough. So it's a very weird show this Battleground is coming up to. And at uh, I have a YouTube channel of my own, the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel. Search Voices of Wrestling on YouTube. Daily coverage of the G1 Climax 2016 for New Japan Pro Wrestling. So it's too much going on. Just follow me at Shake Them Ropes. You'll get all the info. You know, it's funny because I had to send examples to James Vanderlinden, the site owner of anybody I wanted to podcast with. And he took about a look a look at about one minute of Shake Them Ropes, and he was like, yep, this guy's good. Knows his New Japan shit, too. And I said, yes, he does. Nobody better for that. Uh, I'm surprised he needed a whole minute, really. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> offensive to me. Not only that, I went and got your co-host, uh, Jeff Hawkins, too, uh, Big fan of Shake Them Ropes. You guys have to check that out. Uh, great stuff, and we're very fortunate to have Rob and Jeff on our Monday and Tuesday shows. I think that's awesome. I, I get you know Rob McCarron Mondays, Jeff Hawkins Tuesdays, and you all get plenty of uh, content from both of them at Shake Them Ropes. Um, somebody asked the question, Sean, is it better uh, for the site if we watch the podcast through the website or through YouTube? It's always better to watch it on uh, Fightful.com for – for the site, selfishly. Somebody asks, do you guys think there will be two world titles? Rob, you kind of got to, you kind of, you have to think so after tonight, right? After tonight, it certainly seemed like they were teasing that direction. Um, but at the same time, we went right back to where we started. Sunday's matches for the championship. Uh, whoever gets, whoever drafts the eventual winner, because that's the guessing game. That's going to be the guessing game in the main event. It's not so much who wins the WWE title. It's which show gets the WWE title. Like if, if Stephanie drafts Seth and Roman and Shane drafts Dean Ambrose, Shane's going in thinking, yes, I have the, the odds on favor to win this title. And, Raw, and Stephanie's thinking, no, I have the odds on favor to win because I'm two against one. I'm going to get the championship on my show. And then what happens with the loser? Is Shane, who doesn't have the title, going to be like, well, I want a title on my show? Or, or are there going to be inter-promotional matches? I don't know. Uh, it makes the most sense to have two titles because you have to headline the house shows. That's the big one. You got to have a world title on each house show that you go to. So, yes, I think at the end of the day, maybe not at Battleground, maybe not the Raw after, but at some point soon, we're going to have two world championships. Uh, even if they do something crazy, which I honestly hope they do, like the best option to me is to raise the value of either the Intercontinental or the U.S. Championship into a brand championship. Um, it's going to come off kind of cold right up right up front. But if Rusev is the Intercontinental Champion, he's the highest champion on SmackDown. He should be the brand's world champion. Go with it. If you don't want him to be your title holder, have some type of tournament for a challenger and boom on your first co on your first uh, single branded pay per view. Make that match. Have it put whoever you want as your champion in the match. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of questions. I think there will be two world titles, yes. And I think Baron Corbin at some point should hold it. This is incredibly marky of me, but I'll be a marky mark, and our viewers can be my subsequent funky bunch. I think a great way, if you're going to introduce a second world title, is to, to bring back a familiar title and not the big big gold belt, because that perception, that it's already sailed. It's already happened. But do you remember that... that um, photo shoot they did with the the classic the WWF title from yes. I think 93 how everybody looked with that thing how proud everybody looked with that thing 
Yeah, and Dean Ambrose was, I think Dean Ambrose was put with the winged eagle belt. And you could tell that Dean Ambrose was like a guy who probably loves Steve Austin and the winged eagle belt. So he was proud to carry it. Yeah. And no one's made the new championship mean anything yet. So, yeah, of course, you're going to be proud, uh, proud to hold that belt. I, uh, I like the idea of two champions. Um, I don't think it devalues the, the championships too much. We've had them for the last 10 years off and on. So I don't think it's a big deal, but uh, I was always a mark for the big gold belt. I do like it. I like that that was the secondary title uh, when we had the first brand split. And uh, we'll see if they bring it back. I don't know. They might. That'd be cool. Somebody says, who do you all think will be the first pick from NXT? The first pick from NXT, I, I think it's going to be Finn Balor. And this is what this is not a situation where we're like, oh, everyone expects Finn Balor, and then he doesn't show up. He better show up. On Tuesday <laughs> night, he better get drafted. If he doesn't get drafted now, just fire the guy. There's They've done else frigging him. curtain calls all across the Midwest this weekend. I, I, now, we have the entrance of the Cruiserweight division. I think Stephanie drafts him, and he's the headliner of the Cruiserweight division. Because he's a cruiserweight. He's under the 205-pound weight limit. They may not have thought of him as a cruiserweight on NXT, but in WWE land, he's certainly going to look like a cruiserweight. Really is. So I think he's going to be one of your headliners of the cruiserweight division. Um, they, I mean, Brian Kendrick, for all I know, might be an NXT draft pick because he's a cruiserweight yeah. too, right? Tajiri is going to come in. Tajiri is going to be a regular uh, Brian Kendrick probably going to be a regular at least at the start. So I, think, I can see um, someone who doesn't, who's not necessarily NXT being an NXT draft pick like a Tajiri, like a Brian Kendrick. I think American Alpha would be a really good versatile pick there because you get a tag team and oh, yeah. you get a cruiserweight in Chad Gable. I, I, I think they're coming up. I think American Alpha is going to be picked. But if we're talking first pick, I think Stephanie, the oh, rock sure. side makes a splash for the cruiserweight division and it means more and they pick Finn Balor. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, something I didn't mention, uh, somebody says, Sean, are you going to be drafted? God, I hope not. Um, not eligible, Sean. I checked. That's true. Uh, John Jones, he tested positive for estrogen blockers, as Chael Sonnen uh, speculated. Uh, estrogen blockers, for those of you who don't know, are used to uh, prevent, as, as I said on the podcast the other night, bitch tits when you're coming off of a cycle. So uh, John Jones still kind of maintaining his innocence of sorts on Twitter. I'll have an article about that up tonight or early tomorrow. Um, let's see. I'll take one more question. Somebody says, Sean, is Booker, Booker T drunk on the pre-show tonight? I don't watch the pre-show. I'm sorry. Uh, that won't be the last question. We'll get to it, Sean. But, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the good one. While you're looking for the okay. good one, while you're Did looking Darren for the good Young one, get this push because oh. he is gay. No, I absolutely no. don't think not. Because if, if that were the case, they would have done it hot off the heels of the announcement. Yes, if he was going to get pushed because of that, it would have been when he came out and not two years later. Because when he came out, he was quiet on WWE TV. He wasn't around. He was doing his tag team here and there with Titus O'Neil, but he wasn't around. And now you know it's not a part of his character. The character of Darren Young is not gay or straight. You don't know just like any, almost anyone else. So yeah, no, it's he's not getting his push because of that. He's getting his push right now because they came up with this idea of Bob Backlund. They have the brand split to where they're going to need more bodies and they haven't done anything with him in a long time. He's a fresh face on WWE TV. There's a lot of reasons why he's getting his push. It's not because of his sexuality. I love drafts, Rob. So much that I signed up for DraftBeast.com, and all of you should as well. Go to DraftBeast.com. Draft your team. You spend more, you win more. You get a $50,000 salary cap to pick your winners. Uh, I hear that a game is coming where you have to pick the worst fantasy team on purpose, which is a lot harder than it sounds like. They also have mock drafts, which help me out a lot. Uh, You can win cash and prizes. Check it out, draftbeast.com. Also, they got a pretty good uh, beauties page over there, uh, guys. Also, please check out Shake Them Ropes, Rob's fantastic show, and fightful.com. I encourage you guys, share fightful.com. Let people know about fightful.com because, you know, you want us around in a year, share the page. Because if 
one person shares it and one person sees it, you know, it starts a chain reaction, guys. We want to make this the best wrestling, MMA, boxing website possible. You got tabs at the bottom. If you don't give a shit about MMA, you can filter it out. Just read about wrestling or just read about boxing. Somebody asked me if Fightful's on iTunes. It's coming. It's coming. I promise. I promise. Also, on the podcast page, visit our friends at Onnit. It really helps out. Rob, as always, one of the best in the business. I thank you so much for being here. Referee Chad Patton, verified vanity searcher. Ooh. What did he do? Are you a victim? Not a victim. I tweeted out earlier today during the main event. Chad Patton is low key the best ref in the biz. And guess who just retweeted oh. it? Mr. Chad Patton, who does not follow me. So verified vanity searcher. We caught you, Chad. We caught you. I caught you with my Pokeball. An investigative journalist, you are. Did you lay down the incense? Is that what you do? Do you play? Do you Pokemon Go? I don't Pokemon Go, no. So my battery is quite uh, well well charged right now on my phone because I'm not playing this silly game. I'm not out there on Team Valor or whatever uh, you call it. Um, Steph, uh, by the way, Steph, by the way, said Lady Balls tonight on the show. Oh, hell yeah, she did. Lady Balls, for months, you know, I, I exclusively reported back in May. I don't know if you know this, Sean exclusively reported that WWE had trademarked the term on the same day that Stephanie announced her autobiography upcoming. And with the uh, use of the word tonight, it certainly looks as if her autobiography is going to indeed be called Lady Balls. It's a true story. You're always on top of the trademarks, like the best when it comes to that. I'm on top, I'm on top of the silly ones. I'm on top of the silly ones. Remember, remember Clash of Champions watch? Those two weeks where, oh, pins and needles. Pins and needles. Might be going to that show. Not sure. Um, Rob, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. You you are appreciated. You are in demand. Am I? You are in demand. That's a shoot. I'm in demand. Yeah. Follow the Twitter feed, at Shake Them Ropes. Come say hi. Please do also follow... Fightful Online, I don't give a damn if you follow me or not. Follow Fightful Online and our Facebook, Fightful Online. Uh, It's going to be updated soon, working on the site. Then everything will publish automatically. But guys, DraftBeast.com, on it. Fightful.com, tell everybody about it. Until tomorrow night, we are out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.